Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Friday, August 19th, 2022. And our top story today, foundation investment choices potentially lose $20 billion for grantees. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, John Seitz is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Foundation Mark. John, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. We're going to talk foundations today, and I want to get into the definition of foundations in a second. But first, just tell us briefly who or what is Foundation Mark. Sure. Um, Foundation Mark is a, um, it's a website, but it's also a, um, it's a company that is devoted to understanding the, the investment performance of private foundations. And there are about uh, 100,000 uh, private foundations in the United States that control about $1.1 trillion. Um, you've probably heard some of the largest ones like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Ford Foundation. Um, those um, are obviously the, the, the 500 pound gorillas in, in the sector. But there are, as you can imagine with you know 100,000, a lot of smaller ones. We track the investment performance of the top 40,000 of those, which are foundations that have over a million dollars in assets. And that represents about 98% of all foundation assets. Yeah, th that's a lot of data uh, to track. And we'll get into that in a couple minutes because I know you and, and the team analyzed uh, uh, some of the investment performance. But before we do that, you know, a, lot of, of, a lot of us have heard about endowments. We've heard about pensions. These are large pool of assets. What exactly is a foundation? Sure, great question. Um, they're often actually foundations and endowments are often you know, put together in the same bucket because there are some similarities um, between the two. But the greatest distinction between a foundation and endowment, for example, is that a foundation is uh, a pool of money um, that is, you know, uh, that needs to distribute 5% of its assets every year to operating charities. So when you think of an endowment, for example, a college endowment, that you know exists within the the institution, and all of those um, all their charitable giving goes within that institution, versus a foundation. You know, if you take a look at the larger foundations, they you know again need to distribute five percent of their assets, and they will fund various things, museums, education, things like that. The way that foundations typically um, come to life is there will be a family or a, uh, an individual who will donate a lot of money to his or her foundation. And there's an associated tax shelter um, from that. And then the quid pro quo for that is that money needs to go out to operating charities over the life of the foundation. And, and, and the key here is that a lot of smaller charities rely on these foundations for grants, for donations. And so this is a critical part of the infrastructure, um, if you will, for charitable organizations around the country. You're absolutely right. The um, private foundations provide about 17 or 18 percent of all charitable giving. And that number has actually been on the rise as uh, individual giving has come down in terms of uh, overall charitable support. And one of the things that's actually been helping the private foundations uh, increase that is the the strong investment returns over the last decade. So the foundations have gotten a lot larger uh, in aggregate 
and therefore they are you know putting more money out there the foundations put out about uh close to 90 billion dollars a year in charitable support that's that's amazing and that, obviously it's great to help so many people john uh you mentioned investor returns and i want to get into the report the analysis on some of the some of the analysis that you and the team have done but how generally are these um, foundations um, investor are they invested in traditional stock and bond investments mutual funds uh, private market investments like hedge funds alternatives private equity how do they typically allocate uh, their monies the interestingly it's all over the map and so again we track um, 40,000 45,000 and we look at their asset allocations uh, and the you know there's typically there's cash fixed income public equities that combination makes up some probably 60 percent of um of overall assets but on an individual basis the numbers can vary from 100 percent equities you'll see in fact the second largest foundation in the united states is in one single stock the eli Lilly foundation it's all in Lilly stock which makes sense yeah so that's an example of uh of a foundations all in one but you've got other foundations like the ford foundation for example that has a diversified um, portfolio, a lot of alternatives, a lot of private equity, a lot of um, um, uh, hedge funds, and then everything in between. So some foundations actually run a lot of cash if they think that they're going to be, you know, uh, winding down, or if their funding requirements, you know, call for um, you know, checks to be written over the next several years, they want to be in lower volatility things. So. It can vary all over the map, and the uh, it's one of the fun things actually about tracking foundations is exactly that to see what's working, what isn't working, you know, and the uh, and again to have the, the ramifications of what's then you know how much money is going to be actually flowing out to charitable organizations. And and John, last question before we go to a commercial break, and then I want to pick up the investment conversation in the second half of the interview. Uh, these foundations, especially the larger ones, have teams of people that do the due diligence. So it's not just a guy like Jeff Snyder. And by the way, there's no Jeff Snyder Foundation. Not yet. You never know. Um, I'll look in my database. Yeah, you look in your database and be the big goose egg on that. But but there are teams of people that have the oversight. It's almost like the fiduciary role or a board of trustees that have oversight of how this money is managed. Yes, absolutely. And the, the as I said, foundations have very different strategies across the board. And you know, a lot of the large ones do have a you know an investment team. They have internal chief investment officers um, that you know that work for again the larger ones that you, that we're talking about. But once you get down to the you know you know five hundred million and below, then there might be outsourced chief investment officers, or there also might be just individuals doing it themselves. There's, uh, you know, there are lots of different ways to to approach managing these pools of assets. Yeah, well, and, and that's why you're here, and that's why Foundation Mark exists. John, I want to take a very quick break, and we come back. We'll talk about investment performance during the first half of 2022. I think you're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, 
healthier and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're talking foundations this morning. Joining us is John Seitz. He is with Foundation Mark. John, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. Of course. All right. So it's been an interesting year, to say the least, in the general stock market. A lot of volatility. We've got rising inflation. How did foundations do in terms of their investment performance? I know a lot of people look at their 401k, look at their pension plan. Eh, they're a little mixed right now, but how did the foundations generally do? Um, our projections in the first half are that foundations fell 16.5%. Uh, um, and that, of course, is you know, dragged down by the, the S&P, which is down 20% in the first half. Um, and then international markets were also weak. And Bonds, which traditionally have been a you know a, a nice defense uh, measure, those were down over ten percent. The, um, uh, the the Bloomberg Barclays aggregate, so there was nowhere to hide in the first half. Um, and so foundations, like most uh, large asset pools, definitely suffered. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us a lot of us feel that way. We're feeling the the, the effects of inflation. John, um, what does this mean for the grantees? What, is this, what, what does this generally translate? In, in periods of high volatility and market downturn, which 
we're experiencing, although the last couple of days have been pretty good, I guess, uh, yeah. last week yeah. or so in the stock market. But what does this mean in terms of writing those grants, in terms of philanthropy, in terms of charitable, charitable donations and charitable grants? It's a, a great question because this, you know, uh, it's, it's an often misunderstood uh, element, which is that most people in the charitable world are familiar with the 5% payout rule. And they think that that's exactly how much goes out. And you would think that there is a, uh, you know, a one-to-one -one relationship. You know, if the market goes down 10%, then, you know, grants would go down 10%. That's not, in fact, the case. Most, again, the larger uh, foundations tend to do a three-year rolling average of their of their assets. And so, as, you know, the last couple of years have been so strong that there's, you know, the, uh, let's put it this way, the momentum on giving has been going higher. So even with uh, foundations down 16% uh, in the first half, we're projecting if markets stay where they are, you know, flat to slightly up, um, uh, uh, contributions, charitable grants uh, in, in 2022. Of course, you never know if markets are and you're up, down, you're up percent, 10 percent, down 10 percent, then you will probably see some um, uh, adjustments in that direction. The other thing, just to add, is foundations actually give out about close to 8 percent of their assets every year, not the 5 percent. Again, often misunderstood, but as I said earlier, foundations are uh, giving out about $90 billion a year on a base of $1.1 trillion. So you do that math out and you get to 8% or a little higher, depending on yeah, numerator I mean, and denominator. Yeah, I mean, it's a, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you. I, I just nope. want to say, I mean, it's a significant amount of money flowing to these charities. And also, unless you're winding down your foundation, you don't want to pay it all out in, in one year. John, do they, like a pension fund where they're writing checks every month for uh, annuitants or retirees of a pension plan. Is there an amount of money that is kept in short-term treasuries or cash uh, to do that? How, do, how does that operation typically work? Again, generally, because it's going to diff it's going to vary. Like Eli Lilly, if they have 100% in Eli Lilly stock, I'm assuming they're going to have to sell some of the stock in order to raise uh, cash. But generally, is there an allocation to cash that they or treasuries that they use to pay these short-term grants and payments? Uh, yes, but it's actually it's, it's relatively small. Um, and the uh, you know if you look at the you know the overall asset allocation of uh, you know, in aggregate, I think that the you know the, the cash number uh, is probably two or three percent. Um, it's it, it's not a big number. Um, and again, if you think about the overall um, uh, you know, sort of portfolios of you know, if you're liability, for lack of a better expression, to, of paying out you know, 8% or whatever the number is, then you don't need to keep an awful lot of cash on hand, um, you know, in order to to know to have a great deal of comfort that you will be able to, to make good on your um, uh, charitable commitments. And just one thing that to analyze, especially on the larger uh, you know, foundations, they will typically fund things over a number of years. It's not just, you know, write a check one day, they will, you know, uh, find a, uh, you know, a project or something like that. And then they will have multi-year commitments. And so they do try to match the asset and liability to that to some degree. You don't want to be caught short saying, oh, I'll give you $200 million over five years and then have the markets go horribly wrong. Um, and then you'd have to really scrape together to get that, that money. 
And as you pointed out, that the, the operating charities really rely on this. They need to get their budgets. They're thinking a year, two, three years out. So it's, a, it's an important dance between the two. But um, again, your, your question about do they hold a lot of cash? They don't. Last question here, John. And when you look, I don't want to, I'm not going to put you on the spot in terms of what's going to happen. But, you know, the Federal Reserve has told us that they could uh, raise rates in order to clamp down on inflation. What does this mean for those that are managing these, these foundations or they're outsourcing their foundations? What are things that, as you're tracking this environment, this ecosystem, you're going to be looking for vis-a-vis through how they're going to manage the second half of the year? What are, what are some of the key things they need to be thinking about? Potentially. Well, one thing that's, that has been happening over the course of years is, you know, there's been an increase in alternative investments. Um, so you've seen you know, that overall asset allocation increase. And I think that that has been uh, you know, driven by obviously strong returns in private equity. Um, hedge funds have not been a great um, uh, you know, a place to be over the last 10 years compared to public markets. But I would imagine that you know, some foundations might be looking towards hedge funds as a as a place to um, you know, look for some lower volatility returns um, than being exposed to, to public market volatility. Mm-hmm. And as I said, overall the alternatives have been have been increasing, and so those are typically not just a reaction to a six month thing time period, but longer term periods as they have you know, long lives. Yeah, uh, John, I lied. And I said that was the last question, but it's not. I want to ask you real quick, one of the big topics on our network, and I think that's talked about in general is sustainability, ethical investing. How has that permeated into what you do and what foundations are doing? Uh, I would imagine, given the charitable nature of the organization, the philanthropic nature of the organization, that this is you know diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and other types of things are top of mind for many of these managers. Um, that is true. And there's, there's been a lot of talk uh, about, you know, ESG investing and, um, and a lot of um, you know, the associated uh, you know, uh, you know, topics as you, as you touched on. But one of the things that, um, that we think that we provide is we provide a base case because since we track the entire investment world of foundations, then you have a bogey to aim against. And so there's me- uh, measuring ESG returns. One of the questions people usually have is, oh, if I invest differently, if I reduce my opportunity set to just um, ESG or to sustainability, uh, how is that you're going to affect you know, our returns versus you know, if we have the whole world of investment opportunities? And so the things that, that again that we provide is you know the entire foundation universe so if you're thinking about doing this if you want to measure yourself against it if you want to see after three or four years has there you know have we done compared to the other foundations again i think we we provide that tracking um uh bogey the, the benchmarking the tools that foundation trustees can then evaluate their performance and see if their esg has had a, you know a uh, just in terms of financial impact, to see the financial impact separate from the good that they're doing. Yeah, it's always important to benchmark not only the underlying funds, but also benchmark yourself against your peers. That's something that happens in, in the endowment world, in the pension world, and apparently also in the foundation world. John, we're going to leave it there. So great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back 
on the program again very soon, my friend. Thank you, Jeff. I really enjoyed it. And, and please, I'd love to talk to you more. Well, that wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Weekly. We'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments for the week. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.